What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel B1. Today, we are on the I Don't Know What Number episode. I think it is 18th episode of Biker Bar. Uh, appreciate everybody being out here today, um, wrapping up the holiday weekend. So i um, sure that you guys are all just itching to go back to work tomorrow. So you get one last run at, at having having a little bit of freedom. And I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to spend, spend it with me. Um, <clears throat> first off, I need support. Please help me stay alive no i'm just kidding um i do need support though and the way that this this channel and the way that this podcast continues to go and and to be funded is by the people on patreon so if you uh, have been thinking about it maybe swing by patreon.biker.com or you could actually go to patreon.com slash biker b1ker and uh take a look there there's a couple of different uh levels that you can do um one is a buck a month one of them is five bucks a month. So it's up to you. You want to buy me a beer once a month or you want to buy me a beer once a year. So um, <laughs> either way, it works. Also, you can check out shop.biker.com. This awesome hat for those of you guys that can see it. Ooh, look, I'm like I'm like Vanna. It, it, if, if you're listening to this at home, I'm doing kind of like the the what the guys did in Superman whenever they were stuck in that little glass thing floating through space. Like, ah, I'm stuck in here. Um, so and I also have a sick ass hat on. So you can stop by that the shop.biker.com and pick one of those up if you'd like. Um, moving on from that. So who do we have tonight? Tonight we have Josh from Daily MTB Rider. I had to say that and picture it at the same time. Otherwise, I was going to fuck it up. So Josh is here and he, his channel is, he actually started a while after me and has now just rubbed my nose in the dirt with his sub count. So Josh, you want to go ahead and tell us about what your channel is and, and what, you, what you're doing over there? Yeah, thanks Rob for inviting me onto the Biker Bar. I'm so stoked to finally be here. Uh, like Robert said, my channel is the Daily Mountain Bike Rider, or like Robert said, Daily MTB Rider. Or if you're Robert, you can call it the MTB Daily Mountain something. Anyway, uh, so that's my channel. Um, yeah, I started just a little over a year ago, and uh, I started my channel just to make um, just kind of how-to videos and talking about mountain bikes and gears and everything else, gears, gear. Um, and now, uh, really, the channel's kind of evolved. So I do some POV writing. I still do a lot of how-tos. Um, I do a lot of uh, experiments and comparisons. And I just do everything because I love mountain biking and I create content that I want to watch. And people seem to enjoy it. So, yeah. So you are um, based out of, of Bellingham, Washington, right? Yeah, which is, which is basically like as far northwest as you can get in Washington before you hit Canada. So people say I'm Canadian, which is, is very hurtful, you know, because I am an American, 100%. Hmm. I don't know about that. You are pretty close to the... You know? <laughs> so um, you're not from there, though, are you? No, I... Well, kind of. I actually grew up about an hour and a half south. Um, in a suburb called Bothell. It's a suburb of Seattle. Seattle's pretty big as far as the metropolitan area. And yeah, I grew up down there and uh, mountain biking was not really a thing as much. Whereas in Bellingham, mountain biking is an everyday name. Like everybody knows it. Yeah, it seems like in Bellingham, it's kind of like kids are born with, with, like, with bikes. They just come out like, ooh, there's a carbon bike and it's a boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when, when kids are born here, cause my son was born here, you know, they give them the little hat and the little swaddler blanket and just a small piece of carbon. They just put that in the bottles. So yeah. that way they crave it, you know, from that point on for the rest oh, of Oh, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get from, um, 
an hour south of there. I think if I remember correctly from talking to you that you, you kind of bounced around a little bit before you got back up to Bellingham. Yeah, it was, it was a ping pong, like a ping pong machine, ping pong. That's not right. Pinball machine. Um, right. Basically I grew up in Bothell. I went to school down in Portland, Oregon. Then I was there. I did community college in my local hometown and then went and did that for two years. How'd you uh, like Portland? Uh, Portland is like the zoo. Um, everybody loves going to the zoo. Like you get to see the animals. They're so different and weird. Um, but then if you have to sleep there, you know, you realize that there's a bunch of crap that goes along with it. Um, and that was Portland, right? <laughs> I, yeah. Portland is like one of my favorite cities to visit. Like I couldn't live there, but, uh, but I love going there. Like it's just really cool vibe and there is good riding around there. I don't know. Were you riding at that point? No, I wasn't. And there is some good riding. Bend, Oregon, which is pretty far south from there, is really good. Um, but yeah, Portland has some places. I think you have to go east a little bit. Um, yeah, whenever. Well, I actually rode west of Portland too, out in um, some. Um, there's like a big OHV park over there that I did a ride in. I actually done right, ridden there a couple of times. And then I've also ridden around, you know, Vancouver, the one that's there, not the one that's up by you. <laughs> and like in that kind of like out towards like Mount St. Helens, some trail systems out that way. And so, you know, I mean, there's a lot in Oregon. I, I think that part of Oregon is really cool too because. The ground is like really, uh, really like kind of like a tacky, loamy kind of, I, I guess it's probably a lot like where it is where you're at. And um, when I went to Bend just recently, which you mentioned also, Bend was like completely different. I was expecting that same like kind of soil in Bend, but it wasn't the case. Have you ridden Bend? No, but I know a ton of people who have, and they say it's super, super dry. Was it dry yeah. when you were there? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot like Tahoe. It I mean, it reminded me of, of Tahoe a lot, like super kind of sandy and dry. But yeah, it wasn't granite everywhere, so I don't know what was making the soil that kind of sandy mess, but it, it was. Yeah, and it, it snows up there in the winter, and yeah. So, yeah, I was I lived in Portland, and, and as you'll hear about my journey, there's so many sad stories of where I've lived and yet how I didn't ride there. Um, so... <laughs> You're like all the meccas and I didn't ride there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. See, it wasn't as bad as like I was in the middle of Utah and I didn't ride mountain bikes, but it was pretty, pretty close. Um, so, yeah, I was in Portland for two years. Then I moved back to my hometown for about it was probably about a year. And that's when I got into mountain biking. Um, I've told the story on my channel, but a lot of people haven't heard it. Um, a couple of my friends, we were over to a friend's house for dinner. They were talking about. Uh, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you know, we'll load up the bikes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they both look at each other and they look at me kind of like, you're you're not going to get it, dude. And they're like, we're going mountain biking. And so they were going to a place called Duthy Hill. Have you heard of Duthy, Rob? The name sort of rings a bell, but I, I, I feel like I'm being set up for failure here because. No, like <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Basically, Duthy Hill is in Issaquah, Washington. It's east of Seattle. It's like it's like everybody's favorite place to go in Seattle because it's a little like skills park. So you can learn how to jump or drop and there's not elevation. It's very flat. So you're not tired and you can do a bunch of like super small loops. Um, so anyway, I went there with them and that's where I kind of got the bug. I mean, I wouldn't say I got the bug for mountain biking. I thought mountain biking was really cool and I started doing it. Um, mm -hmm. But a couple months later, I moved to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I brought my bike with me, but I lived in Phoenix for a year and a half and didn't ride my mountain bike once. Oh, no. 
Yeah. And that's I, probably the, the place that I've, that my favorite ride that I've done on my channel so far is still South Mountain in Phoenix. Yeah. South Mountain. <laughs> and, and to be honest, like in a lot of people, especially you knowing where you live, Rob being there, um, a lot of people are going to say, what a, what a dummy. Um, the idea of driving an hour to go ride my mountain bike was like, I couldn't get over that idea. Yeah. It just, to me, that was like an insurmountable distance. Like, Right. I was like, man, two hours driving. There's so many other things I could do in that. Yeah. Time. It's like taking taking a flight to New York City for a cup of coffee or something like that. Exactly. Like, make any sense? Yeah, <laughs> and and for me, like living in Washington, like you can drive ten minutes and ride your mountain bike anywhere. And now here where I live in Bellingham, I can ride my bike eight minutes and be at the trailhead. So, um, so yeah, I lived there for a year and a half, and I went to Sedona multiple times and never rode my bike. Which in hindsight, I'm like, man, if I could go back in time, I would slap myself in the face so many times to say, go ride Sedona. Yeah, yeah. I, I was down there just earlier this year for the first time. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's probably one of the most picturesque places I've ever been. Like you can turn, like stand anywhere in the city and just every direction you look looks like a postcard. Like if, it's just really beautiful, you know? Yeah, and it's it's nuts. I don't know if you you probably drove over there, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. But you drive north from Phoenix, and it's like highway and cactuses, and it's beautiful, like absolutely. And then you like round a corner, and there's like a visitor station, and then all of a sudden, it's like it's like the gates of like Mother Nature open up, and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is ridiculous. It's if anybody hasn't been there, just Google Sedona, and your mind will be blown. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is definitely, um, definitely a, a sight to see. That's for sure. Um, so, you you were there in Phoenix. You said for a year and a half, and then you you took off from there. Yeah. So I uh, basically, um, yeah, I left from there. Me and my wife moved to Bellingham uh, for my job, and we moved in. And I still had my mountain bike from Phoenix. Um, hadn't ridden it in a long time, and people were like, you know, hey, if if you ride bikes then Bellingham is like the place you have to do it. And I kind of heard that and I thought, yeah, okay. Like I, I understand you. And I was, I was actually looking at my phone of how long it took me from when I lived here until I actually rode. And it wasn't that long. I think it was like three weeks and I went out for my first time, got incredibly lost like multiple times, but fell in love like almost instantly. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been smooth sailing ever since then. Did you ride bikes when you were a kid? Yeah, so uh, I rode uh, BMX bikes. Like I, my dad, when I was ten years old, um, I remember I had like a, just a junky Walmart bike, and I don't know why my dad every now and then gets on kicks of like super cool stuff. So we went to the bike shop and bought everybody in the family a bike, and he got me. It was a red, white, and blue free agent BMX bike, which mm -hmm. I don't think they make those anymore. Um, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh. I am the coolest kid in the world right now. Like my dad just spent like 350 bucks on a bike and I just like got hooked so quickly. Um, and oh gosh, maybe, maybe five minutes from my parents' house. They still live there. And I go back there sometimes and reminisce. Um, there's like a little, like it's power lines. And so you can't build under it. And mm -hmm. so it's not that big, but there was a bunch of dirt jumps. And so that was in between my house and school. So I would ride my bike to school every day. 
And then right when school got out, I was the first kid out of the classroom. I jump on my BMX bike and I would go to the jumps and I would stay there until my mom came home, which was like five o'clock. And I would just loop those jumps over and over and over. And I loved riding my bike, like from an early age. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of mountain bikers, I don't meet many of them that didn't, didn't actually ride when they were younger. I think that's part of it is that it like kind of pulls that, um, that childhood love or that sense of freedom or whatever it is that you get out of, out of it as being a kid. And it kind of brings that back. And I think that's why, you know, I think that's why a lot of guys like dig it the way that they do. At least for me, you know, it was really, it was something like, you know, there's like guys in school that were like really good at football or whatever, you know, and like just um, like more traditional sports. And biking was something that I was always just good at. Like, like that was one of those things I was good at naturally. I mean, I'm not like pro good, but it was like something that like that I that I was that I was decent at. You know what I mean? And um, I think that I just really enjoyed it. It was like like you said, you know, when I was younger, it was like ride around, hit these little jumps around town and stuff like that. And then got into mountain biking. So where did so your buddies got you got you into it when you run out that first time? Were you on like borrowing somebody's bike or? No, dude. So we were talking and they were like, "Do you have?" I was like, "Hey, can I come with you guys?" And you know they hesitated. They're like, "Do you even have a bike?" And I'm like, "Uh, "My dad has a bike." Once again, I said my dad would like get on kicks. Right. He uh, tore his ACL. Uh, My dad was into snowmobiling for a time. He had a boat, sold the boat, bought snowmobiles. He got really into snowmobiling, like souped up his Polaris 800, whatever. (laughs) My sister T-boned him out on a ride, tearing his ACL in his knee. So my dad had surgery and got this great idea. I'm going to buy a bike because that's going to help my knee recover. So he went and bought a hardtail Trek. And, oh, gosh, it was probably 2006 with disc brakes and, you know, uh, uh, front suspension. And he was like, this is the coolest bike. And he never rode it. Um, so my my friends were like, do you have a bike? I was like, yeah, my dad's got a Trek. Like, it's awesome. Um, and they kind of like, well, okay. So I went to my dad's house, stole his bike, pumped up the tires, and, you know, wiped the dust off. Um, and they both had, oh, gosh, I think my friend – one of my friends had like a Trek full suspension bike because he worked at a bike shop in uh, the in Arizona. My other friend just got into it, and so he had a uh, specialized camber. I knew nothing about bikes. All I knew was two suspensions were better than one. That was the verbiage I used, right? <laughs> Good. Um, I didn't know like they probably both had XC bikes. Um, anyway, so I showed up, and the, <laughs> the best part was – um, we started riding and right in like the main area at duty Hill, there's like, um, there's like four drop-offs and they go from like little up to biggest. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I'm like, I could probably go off that big one. And so I just went for it and jumped off the big one. And they both looked at me like, all right, dude, I think you're better than both of us. Let's go ride the trails. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> basically I just jumped anything I saw because that's what I did as a kid. And I was always fine. Um, and, and so it was super funny because I was the guy with the, the, you know, kind of old, little bit older. It was, it was actually a pretty nice bike. Um, and they were in the nice bikes and I was the one leading them or towing them into things. That's awesome. That's, that's really awesome. Some of that stuff just doesn't go away. Right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like riding a bike. Uh, Bad analogy. Bad analogy. (laughs) 
It's funny. There was a bunch of stuff that I did without hesitation when I was younger. And um, I don't do that anymore. And I think it's just really comes down to like, I don't know, somewhere along the line, one of those screws that was a little loose when I was younger got tightened up or something, you know? Well, when you say younger, what do you mean? Like, when did that switch happen for you? Well, you know, I, I took a break from riding bikes for about 10 years. So um, when it, whenever I got back into it, I just didn't. I mean, I always rode pretty hard, but um, I think that like there's just, you know, just a level of, of uh, when I was younger, there was a lot more of those kind of like fuck it type moments. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe it's having kids. Maybe it's, you know, being worried about being able to go to work or whatever it is, but definitely not, not as, uh, as, as uh, quick to try something as I was when I was younger. But I think the other thing too is, I mean, for a, a good period of time, I, I think I was still riding a lot harder than I do now, but I had my fork fail and it, I got, because of that, I had a, a AC separation of my shoulder and that really just put kind of like the fear in me where I'm just way, way more conservative than I ever was before. Do you still have a bump in your shoulder? Yeah, yeah, I do. You just Dude. can't tell because I'm fat. If you get fat enough, then you can't tell. <laughs> I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty gnarly one. That's what started my YouTube career was my AC joint separation. That's what started it. Yeah. That's funny. How do, how does how the hell does that start a YouTube channel? Yeah, you know, does so, that? Hey, I can't ride bikes. Let's do a video about that. Yeah. Does not does that not make sense? Right. Like, hey, I can't do the sport I love. I'll make a YouTube channel about the sport I love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was August 2017. So like a year and a couple months ago. Um, after a long ride, we went to the pump track, which Bellingham just got like a pump track, uh, about that time. Mm -hmm. And I had a brand new full suspension bike that the suspension wasn't dialed yet. Um, mainly because I didn't know how to dial suspension. And so I'm blaming that, but it was also my fault is, um, when I, when I ride now, people are like, dude, you're like the king of heels down. Well, it's because I was the princess of heels down and tried to double in a pump track with my heels up, rotated forward, had an AC joint separation on my right shoulder, which is now like a bump. It was like the closest one to not having surgery. Yeah, um, that's where I was at too. Yeah, yes. It's like a third third degree. or Yeah, third degree. Yeah, that's what I had. And I broke my left wrist. And before then, in July, I had the idea of starting a YouTube channel about mountain biking. Um, I had done some edits. I had a GoPro Hero Session, uh, the original one, um, and put it on my helmet. And actually, if <laughs> some people have commented, they're like, Josh, I, I watch your old videos. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's like the dark web. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> that's back personal... whenever you like did drugs and had long hair. Freaking... <laughs> no, it was just like so cringy. Like it was like my own personal channel. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how to find it anyway. And I would post like stuff around Bellingham. Um, anyway, and I, I thought to myself, man, I want to start a YouTube channel that is a mountain bike YouTube channel. So in July I created the name daily mountain bike rider because back then I started, uh, I wanted to get better at mountain biking. So every day I'd go ride my bike around my neighborhood and I got to know my neighbors that way and got a lot better at just like little skills. Um, and then I had the injury and then uh, two weeks later, uh, my friend Matt was like, Hey, I bought a, I bought a, uh, Oh, it was the GoPros gimbal. I forget what it's called. Uh, cause yeah, no yeah, one, yeah. Yeah. Karma. Karma. Yeah. he bought the Karma grip and he's like, I'm going to start posting 
um, all this footage, 4K footage of our local mountain bike trails. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, no. Like I had this idea, Matt's stealing my thunder. I'm, I'm injured, I can't ride bikes. I'm gonna start my YouTube channel. Yeah, and so uh, uh, in October last year, 2017, I did a review on multiple bikes. Um, I posted some riding footage of me and I still had uh, my, my brace on from where I broke my wrist. And in the videos, I'm like, hey, you know, guys, like I'm not riding very hard because I'm recovering from an injury. But I remember at that moment, like in my brain thinking, the second I upload something, I know I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a snowball that's going to go down a hill and I can't stop when I start. And literally I told myself that and I knew like I had to create, I had to create content that was engaging. I had to create a logo and like a theme that people could relate to. And once I started uploading, I had to upload every week. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why I thought that, but I literally was like, I know how this stuff works and that's what I have to do. Um, and so I started and I haven't stopped yet. So that's, that's yeah. kind of the long short of it. I think when you first start, um, that's the most exciting is just your, um, I think that I, I, when I started my channel, I haven't had that kind of drive for something in, in so long. It was really refreshing to like pour my fucking soul into something, even if I wasn't doing a good job of it. You know what I mean? It was just like really, really fun. And, and I, I don't know, I, I guess you have to probably be like a person that's maybe searching some sort of approval because you're putting yourself out there and you get excited about reading comments and stuff. I don't know, but like it definitely, um, you know, getting like the first, I think actually one of my first subscribers, I think my first subscriber that wasn't my buddy was Savant, MTV Savant. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I just remember being, I remember thinking to myself, who is this Asian dude down in the Bay area that's watching my videos? Yeah. Right. I was like thinking like, cause, cause I do it. So I thought like in my head, I was like, this is some kind of like scam account or something like that. It's probably not even real. <laughs> I still think he is a scam account. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've ridden with him a few times. So he, he's got a good front though. <laughs> I, I've ridden with him too. Okay. You, you caught me. You caught me. I remember him, him like making a comment on, on the video and being like, Oh, I really like this video. And I was like, just, I was just so pessimistic about it. I was like, there's no way that guy must be like, he's just, he's like being sarcastic. Like, Oh, good job, dude. You know, <laughs> He's the biggest troll that ever existed. Right. So it's, it's definitely, definitely was, it was interesting to start. That's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Um, so when you started, you were saying, you know, you haven't, haven't stopped and there was a snowball. I know exactly what you're talking about. It sounds like, you know, you have some experience with some of that, that kind of marketing stuff was, uh, um, is that some kind of like job, job thing that you had going on or. Yeah, I'm actually the marketing director for a little thing called YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, which is funny because, uh, you know, Robert knows this, uh, but you guys may not. I don't share what my job is, uh, and and there's a lot of reasons for that. But the funny thing is, Robert, you were somebody that early on, you're like, dude, you have to be doing something with marketing, right? Because yeah. I can see your logo in the chat. You comment on certain, like, videos, and I see that comment, and I'm like, I know that guy. Um, and the funny thing is like my job, like I, I did a little bit of graphic design. I made some small video shorts. Um, I, I, and yet marketing for me, I, I wouldn't say I'm an, I'm in no way an expert. Um, but 
I think I'm, if I had to narrow it down, um, I, I would say I'm just like a common sense thinker and, and that may sound like, um, stupid. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I'm a common sense. I, I think good anyway. Um, but what I mean is I see something and I instantly know, like, I'm like, that was good. Or I see something else and I'm like, I don't know who got paid for that, but they should be fired immediately. Right. Um, and, and I, I kind of put that into practice on my YouTube channel and not to say I have it all figured out or I did everything right. Cause I have done so many things wrong and I still get ridiculed for them, which is my favorite part of the channel is all the mistakes I've made. Um, but I just thought to myself and I say it like I say it and it sounds like tongue in cheek, but it's not, I made videos that I wanted to watch and uh, you know, sometimes late at night, this is like, this is going deep daily mountain bike rider. People are going to think I'm so pathetic. Sometimes late at night, like I'll just be bored and I'll click back to some of my old videos and I'm like, what, what are the five ways to, to wheelie better? I don't even know anymore. I can't even remember what I said. You're and your favorite. You're your own best subscriber, dude. I am right. That sounds like, <laughs> like everyone's going to be like, this guy has the fattest head in the world, which is true. Um, but literally, I, I think to myself, like, I created this content on a subject matter that I like, feel like I'm an advanced writer at, and yet I'm watching along, nodding my head going, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm going, man, I'm <laughs> such an idiot. I'm being clickbaited into my own content. And I laugh every time I do it. My wife's like, you are so dumb. And I'm like, I know. Um, but... <laughs> This is, people are gonna just unsubscribe left and right. But the truth is like, that was what I set out to do on YouTube, is I wanted to help people, and I wanted people who are experts in certain areas to still be engaged and maybe have a little bit more, uh, maybe verbiage or knowledge on how to coach a friend. And mm -hmm. that's, I, I feel like that's what I've tried to do and that's what I continually do. Um, and so, yeah, that's like, that. that was it. And I don't I even remember your question or what we were talking about, but that's where I went to. So that yeah, sounds good to me. Um, I pretty much don't have a clue what I'm doing or <laughs> have ever real. I think that's probably the problem with my channel is I, I've never really had a good direction. What, what are you doing with this channel, Robert? Um, fucking making videos, man. You know, like I don't like, I don't even think about it whenever I go to the trail to like record. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm making a video about where I'm going. And what's that going to be? I don't know until I start editing, you know? So I think that uh, maybe, maybe I need a little more direction. <laughs> well, well you, yeah, I mean, the truth is, man, if people, if people had to nail down my channel, if you surveyed a hundred people, you know, all of them would say something different because I just make videos that like I want to watch. And sometimes it's point of view. Sometimes it's an experiment. Sometimes it's a how to and, um, I keep doing that. And when I think of a video, I literally just think through the eyes of like, would I want to watch that? And I'm like, yeah, I would click that. Um, so that's <laughs> and then sure enough, like a couple weeks later, you're clicking on it and you're like, Oh my God, this is, wait a minute. This is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that, that guy got me. Oh, it's me. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> so, um, what, what, how'd the name come about? Yeah, it came about. I, I, I thought of it way before I originally created it. Um, but I just thought, like I said, I started riding my bike every day and I heard so many people complain, I can't wheelie, I can't manual, I'm not better. And I'm like, well, how often do you ride? And they're like, uh, like once every like 
couple months. I'm like, well, I'm like, the people who are the best at something are like an expert. What is it? Robert, you probably know this. No, a professional is somebody who has done something for 10,000 hours. Have you heard this before? Yes, I have. Yeah. And I, I remember watched a really good freaking YouTube video about not being the 10,000 hour guy, that it's best to be in between a thousand and, and like 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't get a fat head like I have. And, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Uh, but I remember no, it, was talking about, it was actually really interesting. It was talking about like gains and stuff like that. Like you'll still have the most gains, but once you get to that top level, like you can put so much time into something and you're really, your, 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 your skill set's not changing any, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, anyway, that, that concept, like it stood out to me when I was 13 years old, I played bass guitar. Uh-huh. And I was, I was getting really good at Guitar Hero when that was popular. And somebody was like, if you spent half the amount of time you spent on Guitar Hero, on bass guitar, you would be like a legendary bassist. And I, I, I remember feeling hurt by that of like, oh man, I'm, I should spend more time on, uh, not on Guitar Hero. But I remember thinking to myself, if I want to be good at something, I'm the biggest excuse I have is myself. Like yeah. I can't blame that guy's better than me or... Uh, I don't have the natural skill. It really comes down to what what you spend time doing what's important for you or you find time for the things that are important. Um, and so anyway, fast forward, and I wanted to be better at mountain biking. Everybody here in Bellingham is an absolute shredder. Um, and I feel like the weakest of riders, right, when I go on, on my local trails. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if I'm going to take this seriously, um, and, and for me, seriously is not racing. It's not being a professional YouTuber, seriously for me is like, I want to hit every jump and I want to go and have fun and enjoy my time on my local trails. And so that means for me, like I had to get a lot better. And so I started riding way more. I rode in my neighborhood every day. Even today, I, I practice really like random skills that you may not see as like beneficial. And yet my riding progresses out on the trails. So I started doing all of that. And I called myself in my own head. And once again, fat head balloon head here and i'm like i'm the daily mountain bike rider i ride my bike every day and it makes me better and if everybody was a daily mountain bike rider then they would be better too and so the dream was birthed yeah i think you know it's it's actually a really you know honest concept that is practical and and really true you know i i'm not fucking blowing smoke up your ass right now like i honestly was thinking about that just like a week or two ago because of your channel name and I was like, man, I, I there's some things that I used to do on my BMX bike that I was like, man, I'd like to be able to do that again. And and I was thinking the only way I'm going to do that is like get out there and try it every day. And um, that, you know, that it was like, you know, just thinking about your channel. I was like, okay, well, I could just spend like 15 minutes working on that again. And then it made me start thinking about, well, man, I could I could probably learn how to how to wheelie, you know, like I've never been a guy that's good at a wheelie ever in my entire life. And I never really gave a shit either. But for some reason, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, that would be fun just to spend like, you know, do you ever watch that? There's another YouTube channel called Mike Boyd. Have you ever watched him? Dude, I was literally as you were talking, I was thinking about Mike Boyd because when yeah. I watch his stuff, I'm like, Mike is me, dude. Like, yeah, I, I get obsessed with things and just have to do them until I learn. them. But yeah, he, he learned a wheelie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that was one of his his one of his first videos. I think was wheelie or manual. I think it was a wheelie. He wanted to do a wheelie for like 
50 yards or something like that. Anyways, if you guys haven't watched Mike Boyd's channel, you should go take a look at it. What he does is he films himself learning a new task. And then he gives you the amount of time that it actually took him to do that. So let's say it took him three months, but he only did like 15 minutes a day. He's adding up that 15 minutes a day and he's telling you, okay, so it took, you know, six hours for me to learn how to do this. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it really changes your mindset. At least for me, it did. Watching his channel really made me start thinking about like, oh, it only took him like three hours to learn how to manual or whatever it was. You know, it was like, well, that's not really not that much time. You know, and okay, yeah, maybe it took him six weeks to do that, but it was like, that really isn't that much time. And, you know, it really makes you start thinking about your life and you're like how you've applied things, you know? Yeah, and, and the biggest thing about Mike that blows me away is he says from the get-go, I'm not gonna watch a YouTube video on how to do this or read a book. I'm just gonna do it and figure it out as I go. And to me, like, that's the biggest testament of, the more you spend time doing something, the more you will learn. And you can learn like bad mechanics and bad stuff, but you can also figure it out pretty dang well if you just try. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I didn't remember that aspect. I do know that he doesn't like, does he, he, does he still do that? He's, he doesn't look it up? No, like in everything he does, like he doesn't look it up. Like, oh, wow, yeah. that's really cool. Cause he did that thing wherever he like broke a glass by hitting a certain note. Like he had to look that up. I, so what he, uh, like, once again, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. What he does is he tries as hard as he can by himself. And, and then he, he, then he does. Okay. Yeah. If he feels like he's hitting a brick wall for like 50 hours, then he'll start and look at some videos and what other people say. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, it's sort of like a, um, no front breaks, um, terrible technician series, yeah. which by the is freaking on awesome I, I love that 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 series if he did nothing but terrible technician on his channel i would watch them all i think he his channel would be huge yeah <laughs> everyone needs to go and subscribe to no front breaks which is eric he's based out of texas he's he's awesome and and the truth is like my um i've heard I a lot of watching it i think that's the thing is i hate watching it as much as i like watching it because he doesn't look shit up and i'm like you fucking idiot i'm like i want to yell at my tv i'm like what are you thinking man did you not have a bike when you were a kid you know like it was just freaking hilarious but <laughs> but you know what though like he is like the he is like the person inside of all of us that's like i don't need to listen to directions i'm i'm smart <laughs> enough i can figure this out and so like I, that's how I learned how to do my bike maintenance, man. Like you have to spray WD-40 on your chain before you figure out it's a terrible idea, right? Right. Um, yeah, so I... Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like for me, like um, I made how to wheelie, how to manual. I actually am posting one, hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday because I just filmed it today on manualing again. Um, but the funny thing is, is the day before I filmed both those videos, you would watch a guy who was terrible at both those things. And I was literally like, I've got to figure this out if I'm going to make a video about it. So I'm going to practice my butt off until I nail it. Um, and literally I figured it out on my own and I presented a point of view that was different than everybody else because it was a Joe Schmo who just figured it out. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard so many people that are like, thank you so much. Your video helped show an angle that nobody else could like no professional who's done it for 10 years can speak the language you gave. And I'm like, well, it's because I literally 
have not perfected it and may or may not have nailed it by that video. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the video again? Uh, well, it was both my how to wheelie and how to manual, uh -huh. um, which is funny because I could you not like I was not great at either of those things before I started trying to make that video. And once I made it like that was the point where I started like I got it finally. Yeah. So um, I know I go back and look at my videos and sometimes I really like a the editing is like way different and there's things I'm like, man, I would have cut that out or left that out or like so when you were like, let's those two videos, for example, like what is it that you look at when you watch the how to manual video that you're like, man, I totally freaking dropped the ball. I should have said this. Oh, gosh. The, <laughs> once again, Robert, we're getting back to the fat head here. Um, uh -huh. You're like, I, no, I, perfect. What'd you say? No, it was perfect. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I feel like I, in both those videos, like, I have, like, five main points. Um, the last point is to go out and practice. And in that, I say, like, at the end of the day, no matter what I say, you have to go figure out what works for you. And every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I, I respect that. Like, I would agree. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. You know, so basically, yeah. you didn't give them any pointers at all. You just told them to go do it. Yeah, which which is funny because I give, like, all the pointers. It's kind of like the guy who makes like this big outrageous argument, and then at the end of it is like, "But I'm a I'm a limp noodle. Like I don't actually mean anything I say. Like that's what I do." And so I, <laughs> when I when I watch it back, I'm like, uh, "Like I and and a lot of ways I don't regret what I said." And the reason I can say that with confidence is there's one video I have not made, and yet I filmed three different times, and it still doesn't exist. And that is how to. I shouldn't even say it or else people are going to want to watch it, you know? Yeah. What, how to disguise what you do for a living on, on the internet. Yeah. Just pull your shirt up on live streams. And then nobody, <laughs> I'm pulling my shirt up for those who don't see, don't worry. There's no skin showing. No, it's how to jump a mountain bike. Um, yeah. I, I've recorded three different times how to jump or, you know, how to do doubles. And every time as I'm editing the footage, I think to myself, I don't feel comfortable posting this. Like, I don't think this is, the advice people need to hear and because of that that video doesn't exist and maybe one day it will but like that goes to show you like in my mind if i in any way think down the line i'm going to regret what i'm saying like then i won't post it now yeah. there's still thousands of things i've said that i absolutely regret but that was one of them the video that is like the bane of my recording existence is how to night ride i've i've recorded that video probably three or four times at this point yeah. And every time I like the last time I thought I like, like I was like, okay, I, I remember everything that I didn't like about the last one. And I'm going to get all of that into this one. And I felt like I did. And then I went through, I did the rough cut and I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and for me, like, uh, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And the, I would, I would argue with night riding. It's a lot like jumping. And a couple of people are saying like they would watch that video a lot. Um, is you don't know what you don't know. And until you go and try night riding, like no informational video will prepare you for the feelings and emotions and the way you feel when you're out on the trail. And so like, I, like that's, that's what I think. Like my first time night riding, I didn't know anything and I probably should have died and somehow I didn't, but I learned from it, you know? Yeah, I think um, the thing with the night riding is I, I really, I feel like it's just the, the video quality and having it bright enough that it's, you know, that it looks decent and 
the color of the lights just wash everything out and then especially like here where it's kind of dry i feel like i remember saying on the last ride on the last edit i actually remember saying if i lived where daily mtv rider does i bet you this would film a lot better because i felt like like i i i was thinking about like your dirt up there and i was like oh it doesn't it's not so reflective like because it's like more moist and stuff and oh man I just, uh, it is definitely a tough one. I mean, even Bobo says, so I mean, Bobo says it. <laughs> Bobo does not say that. And the grass- Right in the chat. He says, yeah, dude, night rides are tough. Yes, no, they they totally are. And <laughs> and I made a night riding video. It was it was my first sponsored video from Gemini Lights. Gemini Lights. Anyway, um, it was my first sponsored video. What was their website again? Gemini, J-E-M-I-N. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was- it was my first sponsored video, and do I, I get a do it, I get a sponsorship if if I say it too? Gemini lights. You have to say it at least three times, and seventeen thousand people have to buy a product. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I remember I worked so hard. Like I I recorded on my GoPro at least ten times. Like my friend Jesse was waiting for me for like an hour because I wanted to make sure I got it perfect. And in post, it was still garbage. And I'm like, come on. And <laughs> and the worst part. And Mountain Bike Geeks on here, Bobo, MLC Adventures, anybody else who's a YouTuber, um, nobody wants to watch night riding videos. Like, look at anybody's night riding videos, no matter how clickbaity the thumb is or the title, nobody watches them. And that is the biggest, like, you. it is the hardest video to make. And then once you make it, you feel like nobody watches it. And that is that is the worst feeling. The coolest thing that I've seen on a night ride video was by MTB Savant. And what was his video? Uh, I, I think it was about night riding or, or I, don't, I don't remember exactly, but when he was doing it, he rode the trail at, in the daytime and at night. So he would like, you would be watching the video, like he's about to hit this jump and in the daylight and then it would like, and then it was the night portion and then it would be like, back to the day again. And it was like in the exact same spot of the exact same trail. I was like, oh, that was really cool. But now he did that, I can't do it, you know? <laughs> and again, that, that like, I might have written that down for my next video. Like that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> no, it actually was really slick. You should go take a look at it. That's uh, MTV Savant's channel. Yeah, so. yeah, MTV Savant, he's, he's the man. But yeah, like night riding is just, it's, yeah, it's something so awesome, but it's hard to capture. And I realized not a lot of people might ride, which is a shame because up here in Washington, you have to, if you want to ride, that's just the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think it's this time of year as well. I mean, I, I, I think that if you want to, you know, be riding through the week and not, you know, just the weekends, the only way to go about it is get a light, you know, how, how long have you been riding, riding at night? Is this something that you've been doing for quite some time or I, I actually think I started either last year or I probably went on a couple of the year before. Um, but last year was when I did it the most. Yeah. What's what's one of your fun night riding stories? Ooh, fun night. Oh, oh, the the most fun one was the first was the first night ride I ever did. Um, I uh, one of our we were in a, a birthing class. That reminds me of the first time I night rode was two years ago. We were in a birthing class so that I could make sure I could deliver my baby well. Um, and there was a guy there who worked Wait, for Kona. Did you deliver your baby yourself? Yeah, well, it was in my belly. Um, you know, I figured <laughs> it out somehow. 
Um, no, I mean, like you delivered your wife's baby, like, or did, like instead of having like a midwife do it, or you're just like there, like coaching her. I was, I was at the birthing class. I did not deliver my wife's baby on her own. That's what hospitals are for. <laughs> well, I didn't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what your job was. So I was just trying to get into it. Yeah. My job is I'm an OBGYN hashtag. Right. Whatever. <laughs> um, but no, I, I went for the first time with him. I think that was about as, as freaking un PC uh, you've ever made a joke on online at that point, man. What saying I'm an OBGYN. I don't know the hashtag thing in my mind went a lot of bad places, dude. I didn't fill in the blanks. So <laughs> that's where your mind goes, dude. <laughs> I think that counts, dude. You you pretty much just said fuck on the internet, dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so you're at, uh, yeah. You're at this uh <laughs> at this birthing class, right? Yeah, so he's like, "Hey, let's go night riding." And I'm like, "Oh, cool. Do you, do you have some extra lights? I'm quickly getting away from that subject." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And so we go and I had just started like jumping a lot of bigger jumps and I was like, I'm not going to jump at night. I'm not going to jump at night. Jumping at night is stupid. I'm not going to jump at night. And, um, one of this guy's friends is leading and I'm behind him and he just starts going off the hugest jumps. And I'm like, well, if he does it, I can do it. Woo! <laughs> so, I was like, I was fine. But the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like I'm about to die. Um, and then we, we got this like a bunch of huge sets and then we get to a wooden bridge and it has chicken wire on it and it's stapled in to give grip. And then all of a sudden he just goes, wham! And literally like a bunch of the chicken wire like piled up on itself. And his pinky was like, like pointing to yesterday. And he's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I broke my pinky. Um, and I was like, oh. You're all, how do you know? And then you're like freaking just Yeah, and he shows it. <laughs> And you're like, dude, I didn't know you could point that far right. Um, <laughs> and like, I was like, dang. And so we, he had to like walk down the mountain. It was a pretty far hike out. Um, and, and I thought like, bummer, that guy broke his pinky. Um, his, this guy's wife, the, the friend of this guy is actually our pediatrician, uh, which is also what I do. And she was like, I was one day, it was probably my son's like year checkup. And I'm like, Hey, how's, how's that guy's friend? She's like, he has had multiple surgeries on his pinky and he has another one scheduled in a week like that one incident he had multiple surgeries not from a jump not from doing anything crazy but from a wooden bridge with chicken wire and i since then <laughs> i am deathly afraid of wet manufactured wood out on mountain bike trails yeah yeah i know i definitely understand that yeah that's 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 the crazy thing about mountain biking man you know, like you, you can, you can do all like this hairy shit and it, and a lot of times it's like, I'm not kidding you. The section that I went down in and where I screwed up my shoulder so bad, I don't even think I was going 10 miles an hour. You, you know what I mean? Like we had just started at the top of this hill that is like nothing. There was like some rocks on it and it just so happened to be like, that fork failed and when it did my headset dropped to the tire and it just threw me the right way and however my hand was whichever direction it was you know like it was just like the perfect perfectly aligned accident just like that dude you know that's the oh. part that's just like crazy you know you, you get in your head about all this other stuff maybe you shouldn't be you know <laughs> and and the truth is like all of my biggest um injuries or mountain bike failures 
it's never on the biggest jumps at Whistler. It's never on doing something huge the, for the first time. It's always the mediocre and the mundane that you think is safe. And then you realize it's like reality hits you upside the head and, and you realize this sport in every way is not, it's like not normal. Like going at high speeds by trees and jumping in the air with a 30 pound bike underneath you, like that's not normal. And sometimes you, if you do something wrong in just the right way, you feel it. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that um, I think that most of us mountain bikers are complacent about. Yeah. is actually realizing how how dangerous the sport is. You know when you tell people that you ride mountain bike that don't ride, they're they're like, "Oh my god, you're mountain, you do that?" You know, and in my head, I just think that they're like thinking that I'm like, you know, doing rampage. You know, and I'm like, "No, I'm not doing that." And they're like, "No, but you like out there in the mountains like with like in the woods in the middle of no like Oh yeah, they are actually thinking about what I do, you know. And it's like, you know, and to them, they're like, "That's just fucking nuts," you know. And and it's like I talk to, um, you know, friends of mine that are climbers, and that that's the way I look at them. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, you know, like, and uh, it. I think that we definitely need to pay a little more respect to what we do and how dangerous it is, you know. Yeah, and if you don't, you'll. <laughs> Once again, Murphy's Law, right? Like, if if you don't give it respect or you don't realize, like, that it really is, like, anything can happen and you can get off the bike for, honestly, permanently with just one wrong move, like, it slaps you in the face, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the injuries that you could sustain could be, like, the end of your life, <laughs> you know? Like, it, it literally, it could be that, you know? Like, I... <laughs> A night ride story, actually. There's a, a, an exposed section of Auburn that I was riding on, and my light just died, just cut out. And um, I, you know, knew enough where I was to just like I could just jam the brakes. But I mean, even in that second, it could have been some rock there that I didn't remember and just threw me a little bit to the left. And next thing you know, I've been whoop in the river and. You know, at that point, the water was going pretty good and it was really fucking cold. Like, who knows how long it take me to get hypothermia or just drown right there. You know, like maybe I banged my head on a rock on my way down and like, you know, it's just that simple, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, people don't realize like, yeah, how, how quickly we can go down. And yeah, I forget it too. You know, it's the truth. Hey, Robert, I got a question for you. Yeah. I'm switching gears, but I think it's a good gear because it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently and I'm guessing you've thought about too, is the difficulty that is making content for the internet that is YouTube. And the question I have for you is one I've thought about a lot. Um, what video did you put the most work into that you were most bummed out about not getting better results from? You know, that's really tough. And you know, honestly, like it's really tough for me to say because I can't, I I feel like every video I do it doesn't get the results that I want. So like <laughs> every video I make I think it's going to get a million views. So when it gets not that I'm like I failed. Well, I think it's just like every one of them just doesn't like like for whatever reason. I just want every like in my mind I'm like this is the like every time I finish one it's like this one's better than the last one. This is going to be the best one. Yeah. And this is going to be the one that that fucking goes viral or some shit like that, you know, and, and that doesn't happen. So Apparently I'm, I'm a shitty YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think, 
I think we all feel that. And I think like, you know, I think about people who watch my channel, like they don't realize, like I, I think about, it's not just the negative comments, but those bring things out too. Um, people don't realize like when I record something and I've done it six takes and the sixth take, I only say two words wrong and they write a comment about the two words I got wrong. And I'm like, you know what, dude, like, it's so hard when you record it multiple times and your brain knows you're messing up and yet your mouth does something else. And that's, yeah, that's just like one part of it. But I don't know if I don't get a lot of negative comments or I just like my mind just doesn't get it that it's actually negative. I think there's probably people that have said some fucked up stuff to me and I actually just thought they were being funny. So I'm, they're like, oh, you're so fat. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> you're hilarious. Joke yeah, sign, you know, like, wait a minute. Was that fucked up? I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think of anything that's really freaking got under my skin that I've read comment wise. And um, I, I can't really come up with one. Yeah, I think for the most part too, like I, I've been like on the internet long enough to know like, everybody fucking is a hater on the internet you know so yeah and i don't get offended by like any means by like any of the negative comments because usually it's like common sense stuff and i'm like you realize i have like a brain right like i understand everything you're like grilling me over is worth grilling me over but right. um but back to the original question of videos um for me i think about there was one video i made and you I, you saw it because it was right before i came down to visit you it was the my scooter that i made a mountain bike rack for oh yeah that didn't do good well it it did good it did not do uh viral video which i think you thought it was gonna break the internet i thought it was gonna break the internet <laughs> and, yeah and uh, I think Eric from BCPOV, he he said the truth. He was like, if, and this is unfortunate, but it's just the world we live in. He's like, if Seth would have dropped that video, it would have been easily viral. But unfortunately, you know, because I'm a smaller channel. And once again, if Seth would have dropped it, he would have done it better. And because he would have done it better, it would have got more views. Um, but it was funny because I actually had that concept before I started my mountain bike channel. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't want to introduce this video too soon because I want an audience that is going to be able to watch it in order to help it grow. Um, there's that there's that marketing side to me that most people don't realize. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think about those type of things. But um, I met a really cool guy that does video production, and he was like, "Hey, if you ever want help on a project, let's do it." Um, and I was like, "Okay, like I have an idea." And six months down the road. He, they helped me make that, and we made the most sick edit, like awesome thing ever. And yeah, I, never, I really like. I remember the, the beginning was like a, like a real build up, and then all of a sudden it was like you, like me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, and I think I just, I think I spent too much time talking instead of just letting the edit drop of like the the high class people. Like I've only thought about it like a million times all the ways I messed up, but. Um, you know, I remember thinking, man, I I put my everything in that to that video. Like I put, I did multiple shoots. Like I went to various locations. I filmed special stuff around the city. I incorporated like um, stuff in the city that people in Bellingham would like notice. Like I thought to myself, I've done every checkbox to make this go viral. Right. Yeah. And then 
the next week I dropped a video that was like riding my hardtail at Whistler. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. People will watch it. And that video did better. And I'm like, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah. The moonlight video that I just did was <clears throat> one that I wanted to do since the very beginning of the channel. Yeah. And if, uh, if people have not watched Robert's moonlight video, I am going to like metaphorically, I don't even know the word, like virtually punch you in the face. Go watch it because you didn't tell me back in June when I begged you to tell me. And finally, I heard the story and you made it so engaging and awesome. So go watch it. That's funny. I didn't know that I was doing it that way until I, I once again, until I was editing it. Like, really, I, I told the story on the trail while I was writing. And um, when I just started to edit, because I wanted to get some drone shots, I bought that freaking drone and... I, I really wanted to like start using that. So I, I used the drone shots at the beginning because I, I don't know what it was. It was like some, um, some like comedian or something like that. Some skit that I heard somewhere in my mind or somewhere in my life that like people were like making fun of the guy that like, that does like the movie movie trailers, you know, and he's always like in a world where, you, you know, like, and, uh, and so I was like, I just want to say that. And I don't know what I'm going to say, but I, I need to say in a world, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I'm doing this drone stuff. And, and then I, I started it like that. And then I was like, you know what? It would be better for me just to tell, to tell the story that way, you know? And uh, I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I was going to do it more in like uh upbeat and comedy kind of way or you know what i mean and i think letting the video be the comedy instead of the voiceover i, I think it worked out yeah and it's it's done really well like it looks like it's done super well so far i think it also has the most um dislikes out of any video that i've done so far too what yeah yeah people are people are really upset about it apparently so <laughs> you know what robert i actually i know exactly why um, because everybody who disliked that video has not met Zach in real life. And <laughs> if you met Zach in real life, you, all your, nah, that didn't happen. No, nah, no one would do that. Mm, nah, don't believe it would go away. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a unique character. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's what was so fun about that story. I still like telling the story in, in person, you know, but uh, it was definitely one of those things where, I knew when I started the channel, kind of like what you were saying, you need to have an audience first. Um, I knew in my mind when I started the channel that I like wanted to have kind of like nicknames for people anyway. And like, so that people would be interested in them as a character on the channel as well, you know? And so that and the story of how it came about just was one that was like, there's no way that we don't tell it someday. But, yeah, um, and, and now you have that, which is awesome. And I love that. Like, I remember the first live stream, Moonlight Leatherfoot was on, and I was like, "Moonlight Leather, why? Why would you call him that?" Right? And so you had me, you had me hooked in, and I and I looked at you, and people didn't see it, but I looked at you with the most like ticked off face because you're like, "I love telling that story," and I was like, "If you loved it, Robert, you would have told me when I flew down to visit you for a weekend for biker camp." Yeah, I think uh, I think the only reason I didn't tell you is because you wanted to know so bad, so. <laughs> guys you don't realize i am i am like by the biker channel biggest fanboy and nobody knows it or, or maybe everybody knows it but i i would like begged you multiple times for that story still do yeah that's pretty funny that is it is really funny um so 
what now how many subs do you have at least seven at least seven at least seven so what is it like twenty thousand something like that twenty thirty thousand uh i'm over 41 now fucking a man yeah oh god the battery's dying on my mouse or something this is freaking ridiculous i was gonna fact check you but now i don't give a shit anymore so forty thousand. sorry um, sorry what's a mouse i was <laughs> born way after those days so i was just curious oh yeah yeah huh? it's this thing that we use let's see robert i'll do an active i'll do a i'll do a check uh I have <clears throat> 41,889. There you go. Um, so this is taking you, you said now you're about a year you're coming up on or? I'm a year oh, and a month. Year and a month? Not that I'm counting. Okay. Right, right. right. So 40,000 subscribers in a year is, is pretty fucking amazing. Um, what do you think contributed to that? Oh, luck, um, clickbait. And PewDiePie, you know, all those things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the way, sorry, total side note. Have you seen the PewDiePie, PewDiePie versus T-Series? No, I haven't seen that. I don't I, watch it. Dude, I am obsessed. Everybody who on the chat, probably everybody knows about it. Anyway, um, long story short, PewDiePie is going to get out-subbed by some random Indian YouTube channel. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and he's the biggest YouTuber in the world. But yeah, I knew who he is because I looked like I, I I remember being on like Social Blade one day and it was like, oh, this is the biggest one. So I went and like I just wanted to see what his content was like, you know, because that obviously makes sense, you know. And, and the dude is it was capturing. It was enough to to keep my attention for a while. So I definitely know who you're talking about. Yeah, but back to your question, um, what contributed to my success? You know, I think you know I've thought about that too a lot and. Um, there's very few mountain bike channels specifically that have grown at the rate I've grown. Um, I think the closest one would probably be the Lone Ranger. Um, and Ryan had one video that still to this day gets crazy views, uh, which is a run in Whistler with a big wood feature in the thumbnail. Um, and that video has like 3 million views, right? And he grew exponentially from that. And I look at my channel and I'm like, you know what? Like I have a good amount of videos that have a lot of views. Um, but I don't have one video that got everybody in. Um, I didn't do. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking even to myself, like, I think that I don't know. I don't even know if Brian, like BKXC had, you know, 40. I don't know what he was at the end of one year. That, that's actually a good question to ask him. See about how he was at a year, because I think, you know, what really helped him, sorry to cut you off, was, you know, like working with Seth and then that kind of little brotherhood that the three of them had. But I think for you, like you've really just kind of like been like you're acting, you're like slaving to the grind, you know, like you're just pumping out good content. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have something with your channel that I can be like. There was like this pivotal moment. Like I think it was just consistently fucking clickbaiting people. <laughs> no, seriously though, and like I've thought about that because you know, in some ways, like I think you know, I think the easy. I don't know if the easy thing, um, but I think the reality is a lot of times as a creator, you're like, man, I wish, I wish BKXC would make a video or an interview with me, or I wish I could go fly out and ride with Seth and get exponentially more viewers, right? Um, but if you look at my channel, like it really is, I have the subscribers I have because of the content I made. Now, um, there are little things along the way that people have helped me out. Um, I was thinking before today about coming here on the biker channel. I remember back in the day, 
back when I was a small channel, a guy named Robert from the Biker Channel wanted me to be on his live stream. And I thought to myself, I have arrived. I'm going to get so many subscribers from going live with this guy. Um, and so I've had little things along the way that have like totally helped me. Um, and so I would be naive to think like, I did, I've done this myself. I'm awesome. Um, but yeah, in a lot of ways, like I just, I keep making good content. People keep subscribing to me and it's, you know, people say it a lot and it's very tongue in cheek and cliche, but like it blows my mind that 41,000 people have watched a video and decided to click a little button. Like regardless of what that button means, whether it was subscribe or a like button or a you're not a complete dum-dum, like to me, that's so cool. Like I just love that. Um, and so I think it just comes down to like what I said earlier. I make content that if I was a viewer, I would really enjoy watching. And I my hope is to always do that and never, never sell myself short and never ever put content out that I wouldn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're um being you're, you've been pretty successful this first year. I, I would assume that if you continue doing what you're doing, you're going to be just as successful in your second year. At what point is it that you quit the the job that nobody knows and do this full time, or is this just going to be like your side gig forever? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a deep question. Um, it's a question I've wrestled with a lot recently. Um, and if people realize two things: one, I have a Patreon. I've never pushed it. Um, I never will because I always, I don't know. I probably should. And guys like you, Robert, tell me I should, but. Um, Part of me goes, I don't know if I want to push something because if I if I went full time, I would need that and I would push it really hard because I need it. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever go full time. I love the idea of making mountain bike content, um, but in my life personally, I find a lot of fulfillment in my job um, and I enjoy what I do. And because of that, uh, mountain biking is, um, yeah, I mean, honesty hour, Doing mountain bike YouTube videos full time for me would be easy. Um, doing my job is a lot harder, but I find a lot of fulfillment in doing my job. And so I've really been in that crossroads a lot recently because most channels my size are doing it full time. And for me, like I, that day will probably come, but I feel like it'll be a while until it comes. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that answers your question. I said a lot, said a lot of vague things, so. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just the way you feel, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, not pushing your Patreon is probably a little easier with the growth that you've had, to be honest with you, Josh, because you have enough views on your videos that you're probably making a, a fairly decent, like, revenue check from from YouTube. Obviously not enough to go quit your job, but I think where it's somewhere like for someone my size where my views are are way, way, way lower than yours. If it was I personally can say without Patreon, I, I probably wouldn't still be making content. You know? Yeah. So because there is a certain point where it's like, I mean, you're the way I explained this to somebody just recently, it was like almost a year until I no, it was like six months, six or seven months, I think, until I got that. You know how you have to like get a hundred dollars in ad revenue from YouTube before they cut you your first check. Yeah, I think it was like six or seven months. So basically, I was no joke putting forty hours plus a week into my channel, and to work a full time job for six months 
to get a hundred bucks that's some fucking passion <laughs> you know what i mean but like passion like that doesn't last forever you know what i mean so yeah. it definitely um at some point you got to feel like there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel or some sort of reward for 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 all the effort that you're putting in you know and yeah. i think that's you know that and that that's kind of where where you know i've called people people to patreon for that you know is to really you know help help me keep keep creating content if you guys really like it fucking get to the patreon or subscribe and you know i always say that too you know at the very least just watch the fucking video you know from the beginning to the end you know <laughs> and uh if you like it then then hit the freaking thumbs up button because you liked it you know i, I don't feel like it's some like sacred thing like dude if the if the video makes anybody's video for this matter if it makes you smile once or makes you laugh once like it is worth the energy it takes you to move your hand over and freaking push the thumbs up button you know what i mean it totally yeah and yeah and you've you hit on a lot of things right and um, my core belief and the truth is I don't subscribe to, or sorry, I don't support as many creators on Patreon as much as I should. I do support bikers and so make sure you do that at patreon.com slash B one K E R. Um, anyway, um, do I have to pay you for that? Is that, is that what just happened? I thought that's why I was doing this interview, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is like, um, you know, I, I, I think of it in two realms. The first realm is, um, you you and i are creating content that people enjoy for free now it's not actually free because any ad that you watch we get a small kickback from and when i say small i mean one to three dollars per thousand views if we're lucky that's just that's just facts it's not you know me saying that um but the truth is like if you're making a video a week that i enjoy that's four to five videos a month um i feel like that's worth at least you know robert always says it's a beer you know, I always call it uh, peanut M&Ms are my favorite, right? So it's a big bag of peanut M&Ms. Like, throw me a bone. Like, you would, I would buy my friend lunch if he was doing something for me once a week for ten minutes. Like, I would, I would do that because I love my friend, right? Um, and he's taking care of me. And so, to me, like supporting somebody on Patreon for three bucks a month, like that is like chump change. Like, I would give a homeless man three dollars a month. Um, more than that, though, I, I feel like it's good to support people. Yeah, you know, and I mean it's. Like, even if it's, even if you, there's guys that I'm supporting. I don't, I don't, I'm not on their, like their plans, whatever their tiers. I just went to their site or went to their Patreon and said, here's a buck. Yep. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, if you have a thousand people giving you a buck, that's a, that's a good chunk of change. And that's you might like 2000 like, bucks. Uh, right. <laughs> but well. I mean, you feel like you, you might feel like your buck doesn't mean much. But it will, you know, in the growth, in the like the scheme of things. And, so. and yeah, and the truth is, like, what I don't say, which I wish, it's not I wish I could say, it's I wish there was a better platform to say it. And I think this is a great one is if you follow somebody on YouTube or you watch their videos, the smallest thing you can do that takes almost zero time. Click the subscribe button because it literally costs you nothing and it supports and means a ton to the person creating a video. Click the like button and leave a comment. You can do all those things in under a minute and it boosts that person's content. And not only that, it shows them that you're with them. And if every person who watched our videos clicked the like button, clicked subscribe and left a comment, 
it would help our channel soar. And not only that, it would let us know that they care. And those are the things that they don't cost any money. It just takes a little bit of effort and they mean the, they mean the absolute world. And once again, it sounds tongue in cheek because people with millions of subscribers are like, thank you, everybody. You're helping me be a millionaire. But for guys our size, it really does mean a lot. And me personally, like my takeaway is my hope would be one day I have enough subscribers and views and, and whatever you call it um, so that I am self-sufficient. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make a political statement about Patreon. I'm not going to, you know, make end goals or whatever. But for me personally, I would love to see the YouTube channel get to the point where it would provide for me financially full time so that I can do everything I can to give back, to give back to the mountain bike community, to give back to people who watch my video. Because at the end of the day, I started my channel because I wanted to get to know more people and I wanted to help people out on a mountain bike. And whenever my channel ends, or if it never does end, I want that always to be the premise. I always want to give back on my Patreon. You know, when people support me, I don't really make much money. I just do it so I can make t-shirts for people to get or give them <laughs> or, or whatever it may be. But like, yeah, I'm on my soapbox and I'll get off it. But at the end of the day, like I, I don't want to get rich from YouTube. I started it to help people and I'm going to end it helping people. And that's, that's just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think I really like the community of it. I mean, that, that for me is like what I, what I really enjoy. I, I think when I started, man, I wish I would have wrote down like really what I expected out of it. Cause I don't remember. And I, I, um, and I still don't necessarily know what I expect out of it, you know, but, um, I, I, I remember saying to people that at the very least, if I can make enough money to pay for one part that I was going to buy anyway, that that would be worth it. And I remember saying, um, at the very least, if nobody watches my videos, at least I've documented my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, that'll be something fun to be able to go back and look at. And I, uh, I go back and watch my old videos, just like you were saying, you know, and, and before I started my, my channel, um, I was doing some content and kind of like what you were saying, you know, like more personal kind of content or whatever. And, uh, at that time it was biker as well. Cause I had already had the domain name. My idea for what I was doing was a little different, but anyways, one of the videos was like, uh, I went out and rode with my kids, you know, and I still have that on my channel. It's when I deleted everything else off there, I left that one on there just to like, kind of keep me grounded and remember like where I started. But um, it's been quite a quite quite an adventure, you know, and and I, oh, that's what I was getting at was like so. Then I watched the other day, or I just recently put out a video um, that was like little clips of all the videos that I've done. So it was like a, a hundred different, hundred and one different clips. It was a great video. Yeah, it was really fun to watch, man, because it was like, man. Like, like that statement of at least I documented my life, like really came back to my mind as I was watching it. And I was just like, this is really cool, man. Like all those adventures that I've had. And then I captured them all, you know, like that's, that's just really neat. And that's something that like, I urge anybody that's thinking about doing a YouTube channel, <clears throat> even if you could give a fuck about whether or not people watch it or anything like that, like, or, like maybe you don't care about that. You don't care about getting big or whatever, but do it 
really do it because it's so cool to be able to go back and see that, you know? And so I was watching those old videos and like kind of seeing that. And I went back to the one with my kids and I remember thinking to myself, man, I should have done more videos with them, you know, cause they're like getting ready to move out now. It's like, I wish I would have documented more of my life, you know? No, I hear you, man. And I think that's the coolest part is, um, through watching somebody's videos, you really can tell who somebody is, right? And um, who people don't know, me and Robert are, we're, we're good friends outside of what you guys see in live streams or in videos. Um, and I attribute a lot of that just to your normal content, right? And I think about every creator from Brian to Eric at No Front Breaks to Joseph to fill in the blank. Um, and people can see who you are through your videos. And so whenever we do die and pass on, because all of us will one day, like we're going to leave who we were for anybody who ever knew us. Right. And good or bad ups and downs, like that's there. And yeah. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I totally, I've, I've thought about that. You know, like if I had gotten a car accident tomorrow, like my kids could still watch all those videos and be like, there's dad. You know, <laughs> absolutely. That's so, Robert, if, if somebody was wanting to on, uh, wanting to make a YouTube channel, what was that? What? I'm sorry, I was talking at the same time as you, so I couldn't hear what you said. Robert, shut your face. Uh, if somebody was wanting to make a YouTube channel, um, what would you say is the biggest hurdle they're gonna find? Wait a minute, I thought this is my fucking interview, dude. Uh, it is as long as you're in charge, but I'm in charge. Robert, remember you're paying me for the sponsorship. Go oh, yeah, to yeah. patreon.com slash B1KER. <laughs> now, what was your question? So what was, what do you, what do you think the biggest hurdle is going to be? Yeah. If somebody wanted to start making videos of mountain biking or just their life. I will tell you hands down 150 fucking percent without even thinking about it is editing. Yeah, it's, it's just like, unless you are already an editor for your day job, then that won't be your problem. But for everybody else, it's like, it is so time consuming. And it's like, there is like no, at least from what I started on, no easy way to be like, oh, here's the simple way to do it for you dipshits that are just starting. It's like, hey, here you go. It, it, it's like if your first mountain rock, mountain climbing was like, all right, we're going to go mountain climbing tomorrow and here's Everest. You, you know, it's like, there's like not any way to like get into it easily. I mean, what, what for you was the biggest, biggest challenge? Oh gosh. I think I, I a thousand percent agree to editing, right? Like it is so hard to edit and like you said it's like mountain biking you are you are not going to be rampage level your first time in fact you're going to be the most pathetic looking thing the first time you edit a video i'm going to feel that um i think for me the hardest part is is making your ideas become a reality because our brains think so highly of what we will be able to do and yet what we actually create is comes falls short and that doesn't mean uh, to let that beat you up into not doing it. It's just a reality of, man, we think we're going to do so good or all these things are going to work out. And then reality strikes and you're like, this is much harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think that um, there's also another end of it where it's like, it's you. So like you're watching yourself, you're, you were on that ride, you were there that day. Like it's so easy for you to like have like a, a glorified idea of how well this looks. Yeah. And I think that the only way that you can actually see that is 
have a YouTube channel and then go back and watch a video from a year ago. And yeah. now you're watching it like like a like a, a a regular person on the internet does. Like you've kind of forgotten the ride, you've forgotten like the the video, you've forgotten the edit, you forgot all that. And as you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is kind of boring right here. Oh, that's kind of boring right. Here. You know, like you're like you get it then. You know, you're like, oh, no wonder I didn't get as many so many views on that one. You know. <laughs> yeah, you you totally see it in hindsight when you watch it back again. That's for sure. <laughs> So I hear hear uh, some some little voices there. So you have uh, children, one, two. I have one next of kin, one firstborn son. Yeah, my son Eli. He just turned two uh, a week ago. Uh huh. Yeah. So you plan on going to any more birthing classes or? Uh, yeah, as many as I can go to. I just love the feeling I get when I'm there. Just all yeah. the pregnant people. Uh, men and women, you know, no discriminating. Uh, <laughs> no. So, so what, what's up? You, you gonna you gonna, you gonna bang out some more kids or what? <laughs> Great verbiage, Robert. Great <laughs> verbiage. I just like making you squirm, dude. <laughs> People might think I'm squirming, but I'm never squirming. My son, sorry, my son is now pulling the Ethernet cable through the dog door of the door and yelling hi at the same time to get my attention. Um, <laughs> That's one yeah. way to do it. Yeah. No. So if the uh, live stream goes offline, we know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, I definitely, we're definitely planning on having another kid sometime. And uh, we have our one son, Eli, and he's awesome. And I cannot wait to bring that kid on a ride and uh, officially have him be to the point to communicate well enough to be on the channel. He's already been on the channel once, but it's, it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, what what do you look forward to with him as far as like riding? I I am looking forward to the fact that knowing myself and knowing how he will be, I can't wait for the day that he outperforms me and I know it's going to come far sooner than I ever think it could. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me um when I was riding with my son, it was uh just to be out there and to really kind of have these like moments together where you're just like, just two, two guys, you know, out in the woods, having a good time. You know what I mean? Like, and the conversations or the like, dude, you made it through this. And like that same camaraderie that you have with your buddy, but like, it's your kid, you know? And, and uh, I think that I felt like, I'm glad that I had that with him before, before he moved out, you know, that we were able to like have those times together where it was just like, just two of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's your goal with like anybody mountain biking is and maybe it's not everybody's goal, but it is mine. It's like to get to the point where you can really know who somebody is and they let their guard down and just speak from the heart. And I think every father wants that from their kids and mountain biking is such a neat avenue to get there. Um, and you were talking about, uh, a while ago, we were talking about like, you know, getting into mountain biking and all those things. And I think the thing that got me most about mountain biking is I found it in, I, you know, I rode motorcycles, I snowboarded all growing up is it's finding something where you're allowed to let everything else in your life kind of be set aside. So you can go and just feel like you have such a healthy escape. And for me, like what you're talking about is having a healthy escape with your kids in a way that just lets your guard down and you can just be who you are. 
And yeah. that's why I love mountain biking. And I agree a hundred percent. Like that's what I'm stoked about. Yeah. I'm stoked about him getting better than me, which will happen, but man, that's what it's really about. So that's basically like what you love about riding itself. Then uh, that if whether I had a YouTube channel or not, that is why I will continue to ride my bike until the day I die is because, or I can't anymore is because there's nothing else I found that's so easy to do that allows me to set everything else in my life aside and just be who I am. And I love that. Yeah. I always, um, like I used to ski a lot and, um, I think the reason that I like skiing is the same reason that I like riding bikes is that my mind's like normally going a million miles a minute on all kinds of stuff. I'm kind of like ADD shiny ball syndrome constantly, you know? And, uh, when I'm riding bikes, like it's like I can focus on just one thing, you know? Yeah. And it, like that's really all that they're like when you're out there riding bikes, like there's no bills to pay. There's no like, you know, like all of those things. It's just, it, it all goes away. You're not worried about freaking whether or not you got to put a new starter in the truck or something like that, you know? So, yeah. And that's, and that's the coolest part about the mountain biking community is, is not only like do you have that feeling but when you're out on the trails like everybody's equal right like everybody <laughs> loves to be out there and it's just there's so much joy and like no matter what kind of bike you have or what kind of riding you are you are accepted you know which i think is so cool so um you're doing a series or you were doing a series on this like lower lower uh cost bike didn't you get rid of your evil and you bought something something a little cheaper? Yeah, well, <laughs> I got rid of the evil. I did not quite actually at all buy something cheaper, um, but my heart is huge for lower cost bikes. And, mm. um, and long story short, my goal was come the new year to transition fully to basically what is the lowest price bike that can handle absolutely everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything from going for me, going up to Whistler and doing the most extreme trails and going on the biggest jumps to doing cross country trails. Um, and that's still going to be part of my channel. It's just uh, changing a little bit. Um, so all that to say, yeah, it's a huge thing for me. That's why I ride hardtails and love hardtails in continual will continue to be a big thing. Um, but it's kind of, I'm kind of in the transition phase right now. I'm kind of floating in, I don't know world, which is the worst place to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, what, what's the driving force between behind this love of, of the cheap bike? Oh gosh. I absolutely despise being out on the mountain bike trail and seeing somebody who has a lower end bike that I say, man, that's a really cool bike. And the person looks at me with a look of like, why are you making fun of me? You have a X amount of, you have a $5,000 plus bike. You don't really think my $500 bike is cool. And, and I, that happens to me so often. And I'm like, no dude, like your bike is awesome. You can do everything I can do. Like, don't tell yourself that in order to be an expert rider or in order to have more fun, you have to have this equipment. And that drives me crazy because I, the reason I took my 
entry-level Diamondback off the biggest jumps at Whistler and the hardest double black diamond trail. And the reason I write it all the time is to show people, me and Robert have talked about this, it's not the bike that makes the biker, it's the person who rides the bike. Robert says it's it's not the car, it's the engine. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah it's not the bike, it's the engine. Yeah, and yeah. that that I think is my biggest core is, is every time we spend more money on something or buy the N plus one thing, we think it's gonna bring us this amount of happiness, but once we get it, we realize it comes back down to ground level like everything else we've had. Yeah, you know, my, um, man, I, I wanted that Bronson so bad, you know, when, when I, when I bought it and, uh, it was just, I wanted something new. I was like riding this bike that was like 10 years old. I upgraded the fuck out of it. Like, and, um, I think there's a part of me that really thought it was gonna, you know, like really change my riding and really like, like level up everything, you know? And I think that, um, it didn't, it didn't change how much fun I have on the trail, you know? Yeah. Like, and oddly enough, I think I've told you this before. I mean, my best time in Downingville is still on my old bike with 26 inch wheels, you know? So yeah. Uh, and, and the reality of it all is like, Robert, your bike is pretty, your bike is awesome. Um, and your bike was top spec two years ago, but now it's just kind of, it's cool. You know, it's not top spec anymore. Right. And in two years time, your bike will be old news, just like mine will be. Yeah. And, and that's the sad truth of it is bikes change. The feeling that you get biking doesn't. Yeah. That's the thing. And I, so it's like, really like just get something that you're happy with and ride the fuck out of it. You know, like just ride it till the wheels fall off yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and until you feel like you have to get something new. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're still riding the same hardtail that they bought in 1991, you know, and they're still out there just shredding, having a good time. Like they're yeah, doing it right. People, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and once you get to the point where you do need to buy a new bike, buy a nice one so you can enjoy the ride. Like there's nothing wrong with buying a super high inspect Bronson or like for me, a, a super nice carbon transition. Like don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. You're going to use it. You know, you'll love it. Like it's okay. And that's the thing is like, I walk this line of like, I'm obsessed with the lower end and yet I'm the first one to drop big bucks on a bike. That's going to last. Like it's, I, I feel like I'm an oxymoron at times. I really, I think the the biggest misconception that I think that I got out of buying my Bronson was I really honestly believed and it took me selling my house to, to be able to buy the Bronson. Like, so like, it's not like I'm just shitting $5,000 bikes or, you know what I mean? Like I, I am, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I really felt like if I spend this money on this thing, I'm not going to be like buying any more shit. Like I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like with my old bike, I was like, Oh, I need new wheels. Oh, I need new hubs. Oh, I need new fork. Oh, I need, you know what I mean? And it's like, I was like, man, I'm going to buy this bike and that's going to be it. Like, it, the only thing I'm gonna have to do is like maintenance stuff like tires and chains, right? No. And that's the thing is like <laughs> it didn't change anything except no. for I spent five thousand dollars on a bike and now I'm still buying shit every month, you know. <laughs> Dude, my my transition, it full carbon, carbon wheels, every it is my dream build. And the day I'm done with it, I I can't stop dreaming about a two thousand dollar YT. What is wrong with us, dude? 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I tell you what, the, those marketing departments got their shit together. That's for sure, huh? Well, I I think it's just like <laughs> we as human beings, like like you said, the shiny ball, right? Ooh, shiny! Like there's something in every one of us that's just like like everybody has their different vice, and our addiction is mountain biking, and it's just ooh, if I had that, it'd be so much better. Right, dude. I I don't even listen to my own advice, dude. Like like I rode the new Bronson. I was like, oh yeah, it didn't really blow my blow my mind. And then the, when I get home, the more I thought about it, was like, well, maybe I just need to ride it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous, man. It was like, what is that? What the hell is going on here, dude? Oh, I, I swear. I said that I I demoed the Ritmo, and I'm like, this bike's so overhyped, and and I still stand by that. But every time I see a Ritmo, I'm like, maybe I was wrong. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I promise. I was right. I was right. Yeah, no, no. It's it's, def it's definitely something else, man. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I really like that. Like, what is it that drives us that way? Is it really like the marketing? Is it really just that like the competitive nature and being a man where you're just like, oh, I, if, if I buy this other thing, it's going to make me better and maybe that's the one that's going to make the difference. I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I, I can't put my thumb on it. You know what I mean? I can. Marketing is only marketing because it presses into human nature. At the end of the day, it's our human nature of wanting something more, better, different, something other than what we have. And that's why marketing works is because that will always be there. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, there's my brain nugget. I just dropped it. There you go. Huh? That, that's that's the secret to your channel. Freaking yeah. Well, it is. And I tell people that. <laughs> good thumbnails, good titles, good content. People will click. So where where would you consider yourself successful as we you know go around the sun again? So next year you're sitting here. Like what what would define success for you on your channel? Yeah. Oh, the unfortunate fact is like, and I, and I mean that it's unfortunate that I think a lot of times success we measure in numbers. Um, and in some ways that's stupid and in some ways that's okay because every number is a person and every person that clicks subscribe is important, right? To your channel. Um, but I think for me, I know the answer in one year's time, I will be successful and the fact that if I chose to, I could make this my full-time job and not only full-time and that I could support myself, but um, I would have enough income to support my family, have health insurance and be completely taken care of through the ebbs and flows of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say that would be successful for me. So you think you can do that in a year? Oh, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, and like this month was was a super good month and and i think if it continues to go in the way it's going it will continue to be really good what um <clears throat> what what mistakes have you made so far um every mistake possible <laughs> i've made terrible conclusions on reviews i have um, posted more content than i should and less content than i should um i think the biggest mistake i've made is not being true to who i am and the more I am true to who I am, the better I do. I, that's very generalistic, but I feel like it really sums up where I'm at. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what, what do you think, what, what's a good example of a video that you weren't being true to who you are? 
Oh, Robert, you're really, you're really pulling on my, uh, my deep thinking. This is a yeah. hard question. I'm going back to my video library. Yeah. Got to take a, got to take a, a trip down memory lane before, before you can come up to that. Um, well, I know the answer. A video that isn't true to who I am is, uh, <laughs> this is, this is going to sound like it's a really like kick to a lot of people, but it's not, um, is, is point of view footage, like just writing footage. Um, I, if, if I had my dream, I would only point, only post POV. Oh, I can't even talk to you. I would only post point of view footage of rides that I knew going in, I would want to share them. I, in the past have posted a ton of point of view footage that I only posted it as like a filler video and wouldn't necessarily want to watch. And so that's when I feel like I'm not being true to myself is when I'm posting content that I want to personally go in and absorb or watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, POV footage is what brings a lot of people to channels. And um, I, I don't know how long that like format of video is going to stick. Like, that that's like I, I feel like there will always be a place for it, yes. But I think if you look at something like let's just say Seth, for example, his videos aren't all POV videos, you know what I mean? And he also has no point of view footage. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think that <clears throat> if you look at somebody like like Bobo, for example, his channel's done very well too. It's like some POV here, but some other stuff here, you know? And I think that to really keep your audience entertained over time, I think if it's only POV, man, you gotta have some something else going on to really like kind of keep people's attention. And, that's, and the truth is this, nobody likes point of view footage. And, and hear me out for a minute, like, because Robert, I make point of view footage, so do you, so mm -hmm. does everybody else. But the truth is nobody likes it, right? I don't want to watch point of view footage of trails in Florida that may look fun, but I'll never go to. But do you know what I do want to watch? I do want to watch people who are telling a story through the point of view footage that they post. Yeah. Ryan is telling his point of view of having going and writing the best trails in the world. And his story makes me click. Robert is a guy who is an atypical looking mountain biker, but through the point of view, I get to see who he truly is, and that brings me in. Mm -hmm. um, Alex gets stoked on his videos. Seth is way better than he should be for what he looks like in his physique. I, My point of view footage is me going off jumps and stuff that I shouldn't be on the bike I'm on. Those stories draw you in, and that's what makes point of view interesting. There is literally thousands of people posting point of view footage of their local trails or somewhere they go to, and nobody on the internet knows about it because nothing about it draws you in. It's the storyline or the personality or the person behind it that causes you to subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's, you know, it's biking that brings them, but it's, it's your personality that keeps them. That's true. Which is just really interesting. You know, it, it's definitely not what, once again, you know, man, I wish I could interview freaking Rob that's about to start the biker channel. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Like just once again, it's like one of those things. Like, what did I? What, what was that? What was I thinking? You know, like it's de definitely, definitely something else. The the so, hopes were high for all of us when we got into it. That's the truth of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you know that 
this community that we have online with our subscribers or between our us content creators that are you know that are chatting and stuff like that it's just um it's really something special to be part of even if i was a subscriber i would still feel that way you know like just to be like kind of part of this group of people and getting together with them to watch their videos or, you know, commenting and, or going out and riding with these people or going to their trips or whatever. It's like, I think it's really cool, man. I mean, like think about the circle of friends that you have now because of this channel or because of YouTube or, you know what I mean? It's just like, I think it goes the same way for like the, the people that are on, like that are watching as well, you know? They've gone out and ridden places that they've never planned on riding because they watched somebody's video or they decided to take a trip to go like ride Chasing Epic with Brian or, you know, like just things that would have never happened. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a soul, soul believer in like life is, is valuable because of the experiences that you have, you know, and, and what makes experiences better is, is like doing it with other people, you know? Yeah, and and that's it, man. And that's why that's why I think people keep clicking play and subscribing. And that's why I keep making videos. Is it's because and you too. It's because of the people we meet. It's because of the guy that you meet on the side of the trail. That's like, hey, Robert. And you're like, oh my gosh, is this going to be some crazy fanboy? No, it's a normal person who likes who I am and what I make. And that's what it's about. You know, and that's what's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is um. Is there anything crazy that like somebody has told you that that is uh, um, like totally not true? And you're like, how did you guys get that from my video? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had that. Like, I don't feel like people like are too far off from who I truly am. I mean, people who guess what job I have, that's that's probably the craziest thing that I hear. Yeah. What, what yeah. are some of your favorites? Oh, my favorite is uh, my favorite is Secret Agent because I am and I can't tell you. Uh, my other favorite is, uh, I'm trying to think, a lot of people think I'm a teacher, which is a very, very good guess. Um, besides that, a lot of people think I just do sales, like either a uh, real estate agent or some sort of like, I don't know, insurance. That's what a lot of people say, insurance. That just makes me laugh because I could totally sell you insurance. Robert, do you have a life insurance policy? Because you should have one. Right. Especially, at, I mean, we talked about all the mountain biking stuff and how unsafe it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send me your business card, then I'll know what your job is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Dre from MLC Adventures, he thought I was a nurse, which is great. Yeah, and people say doctor or nurse. I I don't have my doctorate. I have my master's. I'll never be a doctor. I'm not smart enough. Yeah. No. You uh, you definitely you're you're a pretty smooth talker, so I I, I that's why I would, I would go with the sales, and then I just thought the marketing thing because. You just really kind of had your shit dialed together as far as how how you were doing and stuff. So, and then you just claim like you didn't know. You're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> what do you mean? Oops, I got ten thousand subscribers. <laughs> People use the phrase "fake it till you make it." I'm the person who's created the phrase because I'm living in it day by day. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. What is that? What's your your favorite video that you that you've made? Oh, oh gosh, Robert! You're supposed to ask me easy questions, not hard ones. Come on, right. dude. <clears throat> Nothing for, for me. It's it's always like, man, it's like short, so short sighted. It's always like, 
within the last one or two, you know, because you always feel like you're continually getting better. Yeah. So you're, you're like, you're always most impressed with, at least I usually am whatever I've done last. Right. My favorite video I've made is it's probably my shred sled. It's probably my scooter motor, my scooter bike carrier, because <laughs> that was my dream. I made my dream come true and I worked super hard on it. And every time I watch that video, I laugh and I'm like, that's hilarious. And I want to do that. Oh wait, I did it. And that was the goal. And so that's why it's my favorite. So do you have a new goal? Uh, as a favorite video? Yeah. I do. Something that you're really looking forward to making. What is it? Uh, if I told you, everybody <laughs> watching would steal it because literally the supplies for it are sitting right here off camera and the oh, video is wow. going to be made in the next month or two. Right on. I have a couple. I have a couple that I'm excited about doing. I well, just, let's let's share it afterwards, and we'll steal each other's ideas and make them famous. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm not telling you shit, man. I need to get forty thousand subscribers, dude. Steal <laughs> it so quick, Robert. Nothing's new, man. I'm just re I'm just remaking everything. You're like, oh, that's so weird. I got a hundred thousand subscribers now. Thanks for that viral video, Robert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, man. Hey, I I want to tell you, I really appreciate you sitting out here on the on the your Sunday night with uh wrapping up the the uh long weekend that most people have i don't know what your job is so maybe you did work who knows um, so i just uh, i sell shoes man i worked all black friday yeah you're like al, al bundy is that what you're trying to tell me yep exactly is your wife's name peggy yep <laughs> dude it's always great always great chatting with you i i really had a good time i look forward to the next time that we uh we finally get to uh hang out again and, and hit some trails together um, is there anything you want to say to people before you, before you take off? Yeah, next time you see me on the biker bar, I'll be uh, down in Robert's garage. So that's all I have to say, man. Oh, is that a promise? Sweet. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Oh, I'm going to have to invite you then here. So what are you doing next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming down, dude. I'm coming down. Right on, man. Hey, like I said, definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate it. All you guys that are listening um, on podcast app, whatever it is do a little review or a comment or something like that. So those things that help the podcast do better. If you're watching on YouTube and you've actually made it this far and you have not hit the thumbs up button, that is fucking amazing because um, I don't know how you couldn't, couldn't have enjoyed it if you've been here for two hours. If you actually have been here for two hours and did not enjoy that at all, you should probably punch yourself in the face. No. <laughs> No, go ahead, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button if you guys really want to uh, continue seeing this stuff. I guess there's a bell you gotta click if you really wanna be notified as well. I, I don't understand why the bell's not clicked off the get-go and then you like go back later and unclick the bell if you don't wanna get the notifications. But um, I mean, who knows, right? So nonetheless, I really appreciate all you guys out there. Um, really appreciate having Josh on the show. And I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, remember that it only takes a bike to be a biker. So get out and be one. <laughs>